Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for concept 16. Today's concept, handmade leather goods. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. I'm here with my friend Cole Avery. Hey, Cole. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks so much for letting me be in your workshop. For sure. We're in Cottonwood Handmade Fine Leather Goods. Founder, owner, operator, maker of wonderful things. Uh, I, am, I brought with me a lot of those things. We'll talk about the things that I have that you made. But let's start with, with this. Why did you get into this? It started about three and a half years ago. My buddy Sam, he made a wallet, got some of the basic tools, and I was super curious about it. Um, we were both studying art at the time, and right. he was really into ceramics. Um, but we both had this desire to create. So when he, he got these tools, I was like, oh, man, let, show me how. So right. started doing that got kind of obsessed with it, um, slowly started acquiring tools, gaining more skills, and just figuring out like what exactly I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, and just looking at people that I looked up to in that realm of making leather goods, making yeah. other goods, and... I remember... I, I, I want to say we've been friends for like five years or something. When did you first come to Boone? Uh, it was like six years ago Six now. years. And yeah. now like you're kind of known as a guy with the long beard. And I remember pretty distinctly you not being able to have a beard. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely grown since being in, yeah. in Boone. And, uh, and also I think you might have been either tattoo-less or Yeah, I probably to... had like one tattoo, yeah. no beard. And uh, so you started out pursuing art yeah so let me ask do you view making leather goods as an art or do you view it more as a craft or is it a hybrid it's tough um i think when you're in the art realm you look at crafts as a different thing and crafts like vice versa and there can be like kind of a clash for me i can kind of jump both of them yeah. Like I, I definitely at one point considered myself an artist and I, I still can consider myself that uh, when I'm creating paintings and mm. creating different so you things. you still do that stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But to me, at the end of the day, I think it's about like creating things and making things and whether it's through what people define as art or people define as craft it's ultimately like making things. And I think that's the important underlying mm -hmm. thing between both of those. Sure. And, and yeah. For, handmade. Yeah. Yeah. Handmade. <laughs> and, and for me making the leather stuff, it, it combines that drive to like be creative and to make things with my hands, but it's also, you know, like tactile goods that people can use, which mm -hmm. that's what drew me into making leather goods is that, these things that I make, people can use them and they yeah. develop like their own story and their own new way of looking. Like mm -hmm. they don't stay pretty. Right. And to some people it looks prettier as it ages, which sure. I think is a beautiful part of the material that I'm using now. Yeah, I agree. So I feel like our culture has shifted and is still shifting 
back into almost like this pendulum swing back to honoring craftsmen's work like local people supporting local and also just realizing like this craftswoman or craftsman <laughs> has made this thing and I value that so I want to talk a little bit about how um, how our culture has shifted in that way but in particular I want to talk about what a community can do to support local craftsmen like talk about specifically the quality of work the quality of product why should I care all that kind of, I mean there's a lot of different directions for us to go down but start talking about that and we'll just see where it goes like, I think mainly it starts with intention yeah and like figuring out like the community that you're in how can you serve them through the goods that you're making and how can you make things that aren't just making things just to sell them yeah but also making things that people are going to use and people are going to get excited about and inspire other people to start making things too like in the past couple of years in Boone like there's been such a growth of people making various things mm -hmm. and that's exciting to me just as a maker but also as a person in this community that I have the opportunity to buy those things from people and support other artists and I think that encouraging other people is a big way right. whether you're making things or not mm -hmm. um, where does the material come from that uh, you for use? me yeah so all the leather that I use is US tanned leather um, I get mainly from Horween Leather out of Chicago, and then Wicket and Craig in Pennsylvania. So I hear that, and I'm, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That sounds impressive. I've never heard of any of what you just said except U.S. Yeah. Uh, but, but as me as an appreciator, which I am, you know, I have this, this journal that I commissioned you. For the, Some of you have seen me with this around town or whatever, but I've got this custom. I commissioned Cole to make me this journal that serves uh as a journal and also has like some digital stuff can be slid in there and it's like this thing's gonna outlive or outlast me uh i will become ashes and dust and this will still be somebody's journal and then i have a wallet that i was given as a as a present and then i have this belt that i'm wearing that was a it was a present to be able to make it with you and but why should we care about the quality as a buyer like why bother getting something that's a nicer quality if i can just go run to some yeah you know, i won't say any names like just go to a store and get some cheap thing and technically it's leather why would i bother going through the whole craftsman nicer finer leather i think for me personally it's setting the intention to buy goods that have a story connected with it yeah and when things have a story with it, whether it's an heirloom that's been passed down to you or you're buying a good for the first time, if it has some sort of story, you're going to hold on to that thing longer. And, it, yeah. and I think for me, at least the things that I have that have this special story to them or I know the maker that made it, right? it brings me so much more joy than something that I could just go buy that I'm maybe not as connected to. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately through this through the making that I'm doing, I, I'm trying to connect with people. And, and that's why I enjoyed selling my goods directly through markets or right. 
just through individuals, I think that it connects me with that person, but it also carries that story with that good with the other person that mm-hmm. is buying it. Yeah. I, I'm, I've never owned a wallet until now that I consciously think I'll have my whole life. I mean, there, who knows, there might be a time where I find a different style is more preferable for, for whatever reason. But the wallet itself, even if I were to not use it for a little while, it's going to stay with me and I'm going to keep. Same with belt. I've never thought about that. I've bought, I've purchased journals in the past. I don't know where they are anymore, you know, but this is the one that's going to last. And to your point earlier, it's like, it's got these little nicks now that actually adds to that, yeah. that value for me. And, but it's still going to last. I got the nice cottonwood handmade that's not even your stamp anymore you probably mm-hmm. could still do it though right but that's not your uh so what are some of the actually no i want to wait on that where does how is leather made it's kind of a wild <laughs> process yeah so all the hides that i'm using are cow hides and and there's limited you can use like horse hides um or bison um a little bit more expensive for those and it's not um it's not as widespread as cow hides but that's okay. like how it starts and then at least with like horween leather i know that they're getting the hides that they're using from the meat industry so it's a byproduct of that so i think that's a really interesting way that they're reusing those hides and not just like getting their cows specifically for that reason right um and then the tanning process it's kind of an intense process but at the end of the tanning process there's either really two main leathers that you're going to use and it's vegetable tan leather or chrome tan leather and i use both of these leathers but kind of like most of the leather that you're going to see is chrome tan leather um like couches coats Mm -hmm. many of the bags and wallets that you see and chrome tan is going to have more of that like soft feel from the beginning and Mm -hmm. they use different oils within the tanning process to get those various a lot of people call them like pull-ups and it's that like undertones of colors and textures Mm. within the leather Oh, okay um and then vegetable tanned is more susceptible to staining and mm-hmm. really seeing the wear uh-huh. um, just because it's not as weather resistant in the tanning process, mm-hmm. which I, I really do enjoy the vegetable tans because you see that there's no hiding the aging process of uh-huh. it. And I think a lot of people recently within the last 10 or 15 years have gone back to using vegetable tan leathers as a yeah as a main form for their businesses so then you partner with them you get there you get that product it shows up i'm looking at some i guess these are some scraps there's yeah, some they rolls in, of it there they come in pretty big i order them usually by a hide so yeah. i mean it outstretches like my whole workbench so so even though you know someone listening can't see i've seen some of the stuff you've done i've seen it happen i got to quote unquote help it make it but Walk us through, if you can, in audible form. You start with a roll of leather. I'm looking at some camel color kind of stuff. I'm looking at some rich, kind of medium, but kind of a deep brown. I'm looking at some that almost have like a 
purple kind of hue. I got I see a black. I see, oh man, a lot. There's some greenish versions of brown. But let you, you roll out a hide, walk us through a process. Maybe just like walk through the process of one particular item, like whatever you really enjoy making. Yeah. Um, let's go like for a wallet. Mm -hmm. um, like the ounce of the leather is really important. Um, and for a wallet, you're either going to use like a two to three ounce or a three to four ounce. Um, like that, like three to four ounces of that much leather. Yeah. It's like the, Oh, the thickness, like the gauge, like the thickness oh, of the oh. leather. Um, so like, for example, like a belt is going to be like between eight to 10 or like 10 to 12 ounce. And that's just like the thickness of the leather. Okay. Um, so you're going to choose the right thickness for whatever project you're working on. And then. A lot of times I'll roll out the hide just to see, you know, like the shape of the hide. There's certain things that I'll make like clutches where I use the natural edge of the hide. And I think hmm. for me, it's important to check out that piece of a hide rather than just squaring it up. And that sounds like that the artist part of you. Yeah, I think so. Like, like I, responding I, to that. Yeah, I, I think that plays into it and i i mean it's beautiful just the shapes that come right. naturally on it so yeah. yeah i think taking that into account and you know i mean honestly even the grain of the leather too yeah it it can affect visually whether you have a vertical or horizontal horizontal pattern right for sure on a piece that's going to totally change how right. the wallet or the bag's gonna look right especially so on a bag right so all right you got the three to four the two to three or the three to four ounce and what do you do next for the wallet so i've got patterns that i've made yeah. and i lay the pattern out for the specific item trace it out with the all what's an all um <laughs> how do you spell all a-w-l okay it's kind of a a pointed tool. Okay. You can use it to hammer out holes. You can also use it like a scribe. And that's what oh, I'm going to yeah, do this... to trace out. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at it right now. <laughs> All right. But I'm I mean, just showing how how little I know here. I'm just Oh, no, you're that. good. But yeah. I, I know I, now that I see it, I realize how obvious it is what an all is. These are things that people find from like, you know, um, they find from generations gone by. Yeah, like cobblers yeah. could use alls. Um, this one's actually a vintage one that I'm holding. But yeah, yeah. so you're going to use an all and trace out the pattern. And then I like to use shears to cut out. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people use knives. Mm -hmm. um, so use shears. And then I use a four-pronged chisel to hammer out each hole for all of the leather goods that I'm making, which... All of this stuff is hand tools, and it, it's pretty, pretty basic stuff, and it's tools that people have been using for a really long time to create right. goods, and and that's kind of the, the stuff that drew me in mm -hmm. to making things in this specific way. Yeah. Um, all right, where are we at? We've made. Cut it yeah, out. Cut it out. Hammered out the holes. Hammered out the holes. So then we're going to do a saddle stitch to stitch up the wallet. And I'm going to use wax thread that I get from Maine. 
and then just regular like dull needles and then line up my wallet with each piece mm. and then stitch it up stitch it up and, and the saddle stitch it's it's really easy to do but it basically you have two lines of thread going at each time at the same time mm -hmm. so if one stitch is compromised you have another stitch going through oh. so that's the saddle stitch is like a really strong stitch and that's why i like yeah doing it for wallets because it's it, just so crazy to think about how obvious it is that i mean i saw you make the belt and we talked about this journal and customized it together and then you made it but it's still it's like hard to imagine it being handmade because so many things nowadays are machine made and my wallet that you made it's just like a sturdy wallet that's going to last forever and it's cool to think that you made it here or maybe it was in your former workshop but like it's just that process you explained and then it lasting and that story and when people when people see it and they ask about it and i'm like cole made this you know some people they would say oh cottonwood and some people they would describe you as like the cottonwood guy most people i know would say cole made this right yeah. and uh and there's just there's something about the story that gets attached from that um what are some of the most difficult things that you've learned and and made oh man I threw away a lot of stuff that I made at first. Yeah. I, I definitely, there was a learning curve for me because there wasn't somebody that I could learn from necessarily here. Yeah. Or I hadn't found right, them. Right, right. Um, so that was definitely hard. Uh, a lot of it was trying to look at things that I already owned or that people had that were made out of leather uh -huh. and trying to figure out ways that I could make stuff or like laying out credit cards and cash and trying to figure out how to unbelievable make it. So I mean, definitely at the beginning, I made a lot of bad things. And I think that for me, it was better to just start making stuff and trying it rather mm -hmm. than watching tons of YouTube videos or yeah, trying to get different resources. Um, and I've seen some of the early work, which I, I thought the early stuff was great, but then you've evolved and grown and then you go, oh yeah, here's the new one. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is a lot better. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, I, did, I wouldn't have thought that first round because I'm like, yeah, it looks like a wall. It looks great. And then you're like, here's a new one. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is. Yeah. And, and I've, I'm still learning a ton. Yeah. And, and I think that's the beauty when it comes to like, art or craft there's like a constant learning and that's what has drawn me to working with my hands is i don't think i'll ever figure like master any section of leather but there's so many possibilities with it that that excites me mm. um but yeah what's on the horizon as far as um new projects or new products or anything like that or something that you or recently gotten yourself into i just started working with wax canvas uh -huh. yeah, yeah. and using a sewing machine i've been scared of sewing machines for a while so this is an opportunity i think for those for maybe some people who maybe um their conscience doesn't necessarily allow them to have leather like they wouldn't want leather yeah yeah right 
I, I think it's a good way just to expand the audience that I can interact with and, mm-hmm. and making more affordable things too. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I am reasonable with my prices on leather and, and that's a really hard thing for me to figure out is pricing, but with a wax canvas, it's a lot cheaper for me to buy. And so I hear that, I hear the word cheaper. Uh, let me clarify, clarifying question. Is it is it still gonna last a long time? Yeah, it, it's still super durable. And like yeah. wax canvas is a, I didn't, it's, it's a very durable material yeah. and it ages almost like leather in the way that it looks with the patinaing, but it, it is more of a, it's a lighter duty right. product mm-hmm. and, it, and it's still heavy duty, but it, yeah. but it's not. But if somebody wants to, they, they either don't want leather or maybe they're looking for a little bit lower price point than some of the big leather pieces, um, then that is a good option for them. Yeah, it's for sure. It's still going to last them a really long time. Yeah. And, and it's fun. There's very new colors to work with. There's oh, new right. ways that I'm getting to create patterns for different bags. And for me, it's keeping it exciting, working with a new material. We got, let's see here. I have a belt, I have a wallet, I have a journal. So you know we got those. What else do you make? Um, <laughs> different tote bags, keychains. Yep. There's a blanket roll. That thing is sweet, man. Uh, what else? Sweatshirts. You don't make those, but Bell, yeah. Bell screens, screen yeah, pencil, Bell, right? Bell makes yeah. those yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> um, flask, yeah, flask cover. Flask covers. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's hard because there's a lot of different things that you could make. Right. And I struggle with that because... I don't necessarily want to just make stuff just to make it. Yeah. And because I could make it out of leather. Right. Like I, I like to. So how do you decide? Keep testing it out at, at markets and seeing uh-huh. what people respond to. Um, personally, what I think that I could use. Right. Do uh, you have a product that is the quintessential coal thing? Oh, man. The the cottonwood item. I don't know if I found it yet. I made a bag that was like a rucksack that turned from a tote bag to a backpack. Oh, yeah. And it had a barn quilt logo on it. That was kind of like the thing I was most excited about. Did you sell it? I did. Yeah, yeah. And it went to one of my friends, which I was happy because I can see it out in the world. But You've told me this, but I'd love for people to hear um, where the name Cottonwood comes from. Uh, so it came from my grandpa's farm. He had a cattle farm in Georgia that was Cottonwood Farm. And that's where I grew up going to all our family events and going for the weekend to hang out with him on on the farm. And he he passed away when I was in like, sixth grade so for me this is almost like a way to connect with him because I didn't get to connect with him as an adult yeah and you know like I I wish that I could spend time with him now or go back to the farm but yeah I think for me it 
this is a way to connect back to that and connect yeah. back to my family in a way. Yeah, that's beautiful. There is a lot of, there, there's a thread here that I'm sensing just by being friends with you all these years and also just like my interactions with you just as a, for lack of a better word, as a client or whatever, the customer. Um, and the, the, the word you've used a lot in my relationship with you is the word connection. And so talk a little bit about how, I mean, obviously this is a business and you want it to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. It's your livelihood, uh, but on a more important level than even, you know, just provision, how, and how do you want this to connect with people? Why, how do you try to use this to connect with people? And, and give an example maybe of what you mean by connect with people. Yeah. Um, I mean, a big way that it's connected me is connecting with other people making stuff. Uh -huh. And like the community that we're in, in Boone, outside of just ASU. And people that are, it doesn't matter, like the age range. Right. And I think that when you're making something with your hands, and someone else is doing something where they're making stuff with their hands, there's like an instant yeah. connection, regardless of the medium. Mm -hmm. I think that that's big for me. And I also think that <laughs> like how, how it connects you with people or examples. Like, how is it that we, that we feel a connection other than just a transaction? Like before I came here, the reason I was late, <laughs> I was hanging out with Tim Herdklotz. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go spend some time with Cole. And he like lifted his shirt up and showed me, he's like, oh, I got a belt from Cole. And then I lifted up my shirt and I was like, yeah, me too. And it was like, why did we do that? And why does that matter? <laughs> I think it goes back to it having a story mm -hmm. and like whether you're friends with me or or, or not, yeah. knowing that there's somebody behind it actually taking time and intention to make something. Right. I think that's where the connection comes. Mm -hmm. And I think that taking the time to talk to me at an event or right. if you buy something from me can build that connection in some way. Oh, yeah. But, you want to be more tied in with things for sure. Yeah. So I want to get into a little bit about how, um, how we can simplify the concept without sacrificing the depth of it. How can we, someone's li someone listening, what can we do about what you're talking about? Like what are some practical things that we can do, whether it be to become a craftsman or to partner with more craftsmen? Anything like that? What you got any advice? Some simple advice. Like, let's just say I'm not gonna immediately just go to the, go grab some leather and some tools and make myself a wallet and just have it be like. What What do I do? I think the first step, and this is something that I did a while back, is just like assessing what you have already. Yeah. And looking at the things that you're using on a daily basis. And right. Where did those come from? What's the lifespan of this item? Mm -hmm. What materials are they made of? 
and are you connected with that item? <sighs> and I'm not saying that like everything that you have, you have to. Yeah. Every get, sock you yeah. put on your foot has to be handmade. Right? But especially today, like there's so many people making really cool things and yeah. there's a lot of options to buy things yeah. that are super well made. Yes. Um, and for me as a buyer, it's helped me like if something is at a higher price point because it's handmade, then I think, well, do I really need some of these things at all? And I can say no to things, which means I wouldn't be spending the money on the things anyway. And then by the time I do make the purchase, that's a little bit bigger, but it lasts me for, you know, hopefully my whole life, unless I lose it or something, then it's actually not more expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's a struggle. Like I don't, want people to have tons of stuff so like right i it's hard for me making things that i don't necessarily want everyone to buy all my stuff yeah you don't want to clutter their lives yeah but i think just looking at the things that you have and right and assessing that is a good good first step and then seeing what things you're interested in yeah And, and if you are interested in making things how can you do that or who can you look to to make that happen right but how would we do that how do we you mean like find someone that knows how to do it and learn from them or yeah i think that is a good way um like i just took a quilting class yeah at mountain thread yeah and blown rock and i don't know it was a super awesome experience and i was with some really cool women that were really surprised that a bearded young yeah. guy was taking a quilting class, but yeah, learning from each other. And yeah. I, I think that with this kind of movement going back to crafts, yeah, like all of it's about looking to people that can make things or looking at people that have these skills and, and being with them and right. learning something. Yeah. And, and like, Yeah, woodworking, um, beer making, leather making. It's in the coffee industry. Yeah, right. All all these industries that like make up our our lives. Like, there's a way that we can work with people and learn. Yeah, And, and then you enjoy that final product so much more. And like you said, you're connected to it, and you have a story behind it. Uh, I I want to talk about a specific idea. I don't know how to make the leather goods, but I want to talk about a specific idea for anyone listening of how they can learn more about leather goods. Not maybe just just buy a leather good, but learn. And Cole is doing a workshop, first ever workshop, where you're going to be teaching a group of people. This is on April 6th. Do you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. So this is the first, hopefully, of many workshops where people can come spend a few hours with me and from the beginning process of making this one specifically a wallet, but mm-hmm. the beginning process of making a wallet to the final version of stitching up and finishing your own wallet. Um, how, whether, how long would they be here for that? Uh, for about three hours. Okay. Um, and you get to fully customize it. So they like pick out the color, color, yeah. color, the stitching. You could put your initials on it if you want, like, the whole 
And I can say, I mean, I haven't made wallet, but I can say from experience, having one of your wallets every time I, well, not every time, but like all the time, man, I'm pulling it out and someone's like, sweet wallet. It'd be even cooler if I could be like, yeah, I made it, you know, (laughs) that would be even better. Uh, So April 6th, um, small group, right? Only limited to a small number of people. How can they do that? How can they get connected with that? Your website? Yeah. So Cottonwood Handmade dot com cottonwoodhandmade.com they can sign up and if you're listening to this after april 6th or after the, the slots are full just let's just assume cole's going to be adding more workshops in the future yeah just, we'll, yeah. we'll be adding more stuff and doing like belts wallets maybe bags kind of i want to talk to people and see what what people want to make but mm-hmm and it would be here, right? Yeah, in and it'll be workshop. in the workshop, so you'll get to come hang out. Yeah. I'm just fortunate that I got to do this already before there was an official workshop. Kimberly uh, just approached you, right? It's mm-hmm. a surprise, like Christmas present for me. Just basically said, hey, I want to give Jason a belt and have him make it with you. Is that kind of yeah. yeah. And so I got to pick out the color. I got to pick out the buckle. Got to... Uh, poke those holes in there for the belt we got to slice it and and uh what's wax the sides yeah and uh i was i was intimidated for sure but having the master with me (laughs) was awesome uh a couple parts that i was like so thankful that you were here for or else i would have freaked out so they're going to be able to do what all that stuff you described earlier with the wallet pick that out cut it out thread it yeah stamp it the whole deal yeah wax thread yeah and and I'll walk you through the whole process and and it'll be nice because it'll be a small yeah. group. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it and working with everybody. So that's April sixth, first workshop, first official open to the public workshop ever. Cottonwoodhandmade.com. Definitely do that. I'm thinking I might want to take up one of the slots, but I'll we'll wait and see if there's response to it. Um, let me see here. I think there was one more thing I was going to ask you. Um, oh, yeah. How do people buy your stuff? Where do they get it? It's kind Other of, than uh, the website. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of craft shows. Yeah. And that, it's kind of like throughout North Carolina, I go to Georgia sometimes. And I've enjoyed that. And it's fun to travel. And it's fun to do these events where I get to meet. Not only people that are buying goods, but other people making stuff. And so that's one way. Um, online's cool, but there is that. L- yeah. It's, it's yeah, different. It creates a distance between you and the customer. Yeah, but that's But that's good. okay. I mean, it's 21st century. Yeah, people yeah. are used to it. But if, a, if it's a boon person... Can they go online to your website and see what you have, but then but then decide they would rather buy it from you in person? Yeah, and you can even buy it online, and then there's an option to pick it up in yeah, person. Which I did of, with the t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can just, if you do want to buy something online, you can do that, and then right. we can meet up and I love it. it to you. I love it. And Cole's hard to miss, too, with the beard. Yeah. You can be like, oh, there he is. And even if you don't know Cole, he, you're already his friend in his heart. So, um, all right. And there's Oakley. The, the noises you're hearing are 
this enormous and cute dog, Oakley, messing with us, jumping, giving us hugs. Uh, well, thanks, man, Thank for your you. time. I, I've already learned so much from you. I mean, obviously, leather stuff, but even more so just as a friend. Like, I just love you, man. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm so glad you're in Boone. You're good for Boone. Um, all right, well, thanks for listening to Things About Things. You can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things. <laughs>